the title of the message is The Evangelism of Nineveh. So that's a story we all well know, The Evangelism of Nineveh. Would you agree with me? Would you agree with me? I think it's Solomon that said there's nothing new under the sun, right? So take a soul winner today and the struggles they have and willingness to go out today. Would that have been true in Jonah's day? Yes, because there's nothing new under the sun. And so Jonah becomes um, like a lot of us today. You know, God says, go. And uh, Jonah said, no. All right. There's some deep theology there. I belong to at one time in the 70s, the largest Baptist church in America, Highland Park Baptist Church. I was a member of that church. So Dr. Lee Robertson, uh, he would look at his congregation the largest Baptist church, fundamentally independent Baptist church, ran 4,000, 5,000. Pastor Harder went there. I went there. Connie went there. She got her M- MRS degree, right? Yeah, my wife got an MRS degree, too. And uh, Dr. Lee Robertson stood in the pulpit looking at four to 5,000 people. He said, 95% of you do not win souls. 95. He said it right to his own church. 95%. You know what? That's probably true in just about every, every church. do, 95% don't. What would happen if the roles were reversed? Wow, there'd be revival in America probably. Um, So nothing new under the sun. Our problems today, we're back in Jonah's day. He had the problem of 95% of the church today. Um, Let me ask you this. If we are in the end times, amen? Do you ramp up business or do you die out? You ramp it up. If you're in the 11th hour, you, you triple time it, right? That's normal. That makes sense. Now, yes, the Lord Jesus could take another 100 years to come back. But I'll tell you what, the world is falling apart. If there was ever a time, it was time to hear the trumpet blow, it's now. So if it is now, Our evangelism needs to ramp up for all of us, not to become like the 95% and not to become like Jonah. So um, if you just look at uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, God says, arise, go to Nineveh. You see that? Arise, go to Nineveh. Then look at the first two words of verse 3. But Jonah. There's a great study in the Bible, but God, right? That's a great study. Da-da-da-da-da, but God, and that's all positive. But Jonah is all negative. God says, arise and go, but Jonah. So the the 95% of the church, and let's just, I'm going to quote Dr. Lee Robertson. Don't get mad at me. 95% of you are just like Jonah. God says, arise and go. And we say, but Billy, but Earl, but Connie. See, I, you're lucky if I don't know your name because <laughs> you should not have told me your name this morning. But Scotty, but Cindy. See, we're just like him. Nothing new under the sun. Now, if you're going to be like somebody, you need to be like somebody good, Right? Somebody who's obeying. Um, So let me ask you. If we ask Jonah, do you care about souls? 
what would he say? He'd say yes. There's no way a preacher is going to look at you. Oh, no, I don't care. I'm a preacher. No, I don't care about. He would say yes. I care about souls. Now, you might question that and doubt whether or not that would be true, but I'm preaching, and so he said yes. <laughs> but actions speak louder than words, do they not? So if Jonah says, yes, I care about souls, and God says, arise, because I care about souls, and then the next phrase is, but Jonah didn't arise and didn't go, his actions speak louder than his words. God has a plan out there. The plan is for souls to be saved. God wanted souls to be saved, Jonah. So Jonah ends up fighting against God. The 95% of the church today is really fighting against God. That sounds terrible. Fighting against God. If you don't go. If we asked you, do you care about souls? You say, well, of course I do. But your actions speak louder than words. Don't find yourself fighting against God. He's swimming upstream. I'm in Oroville, fish hatchery. Salmon come every year. And where they going? They're, they're fighting, going upstream against the current. And they just barely get there and die. God sent a tempest, a storm, sent a, a fish, a whale. Don't fight. I mean, <laughs> how many would love to be swallowed by a whale? Nobody. Nobody. But when you fight against God, you might just happen. So God does have a plan. Amen. Save souls. Amen. No matter what we choose to do, does God's plan still reach fulfillment? Yes. Yes, it does. Because if you don't go, if you don't go, God will raise somebody else up to go. If that soul's going to get saved and you say, no, I'm not going to go, that soul is still going to get saved because God will send someone else who's willing to go. Don't fight against God. A good question is, why didn't Jonah want to go? Why didn't he want to go? Well, I'll tell you why, because I have 60 seconds to finish. Because Jonah said, I know you are a merciful God. I know you're going to save souls and I ain't going because we hate those people. Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, Israel's number one arch enemy. They hated each other. The Ninevites were mean and nasty. They'd come to your city. They would kill you. They'd cut your head off. They would stack up Heads this high in a pyramid form so that visitors can come by and say, oh, the Assyrians have been here. And if I arise and go to fulfill God's plan, you're going to save some of them. I ain't going. 
Is that a stupid reason not to go? Will that excuse cut it at the judgment when you stand before God? No. No. It's amazing some of the reasons we got. We got. Uh, I know someone that doesn't go to church. Why don't you go to church? Well, because there's hypocrisy in church. How is that going to cut it at the judgment? Oh, God, I didn't go because it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites. I've got to say, get to my woodshed. You say, there's a woodshed at the judgment? Yes, there is. It's in the Ugaritic text. You have to see it deep. There's a trial by fire, and that burns up. You'd rather have the woodshed or a little burning going on in you, you know? Ah. Chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go. Verse 3. So Jonah arose and went. Chapter one, arise and go, but Jonah. Chapter three, arise and go, I'll go. What was the difference? What was the difference? It was the woodshed. It was a chapter two, right? Yes, you're right. The woodshed. Fighting against God, you give up. You ever fought against God? You ever butted heads with God? You ever said, no, no, I want my, my will? Eventually, a wise person surrenders. Surrenders to God's will. That's the difference between chapter 1 and chapter 3. Is that Jonah said, you know what, I've had enough of this whipping going on. So how do we respond to God's correction? Does God's correcting us by being the 95 percenters, does God correcting us for that? Cause us to arise and go and obey. It should. You need to have a correct response. I thought this was kind of eloquent. A correct response to God's correction. Oh, just wisdom right there. You want to hear it again? No. Okay. Correct response. The difference was he had a correct response to God's correction. So he goes. Chapter 3, verse 5, he preaches the most eloquent 44 and a half minute sermon I've ever heard or read in my life. Billy, I got you now. Billy. How long did Jonah preach to Nineveh? Not eight minutes, eight words. How'd you like next week, Pastor Dean, to have an eight-word sermon? <laughs> How many on three would love to have that? Oh, just a couple kids. You're lucky. He did good. An eight-word sermon. There it is, verse four and five. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried, and he said, yet, here it is, yet 40 days, that's three, and Nineveh, that's five, shall six be seven overthrown, eight. Eight-word sermon. So if you're a soul winner and you think you're so eloquent, that obviously it's how you presented the gospel that really mattered. No. Ah. Never. 
Now, should you work at it and be gifted and, and all that? Yes. But it's not as important as what we say as what God does with what we say. That's the real key. What does God do with what I say? We focus and teach people, learn this plan, practice this, get it down. But the real thing is what does God do with those words when you uh, utter them, share them? So you don't have to be a scholar to be a, a soul winner or a witness. You don't have to be. You just got to be someone that opens their lips, their mouth, and moves their lips. That's all you got to do. How many qualify for that? Everybody. Yes, everybody. We all qualify. There's not a requirement we have to meet to be a witness. We're it. Eight words, sermon, holy cow, that's nothing. Nothing. Verse 10, chapter 3. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. God says, I will destroy them, period. They repented. God said, I will not destroy them. God has the right to change his mind if he wants to. based on their reaction to the eight-word sermon. They got convicted. They repented. How big of a city is Nineveh? Well, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. So I looked it up. Ancient Nineveh was considered to be somewhere around 600,000 people. Ballpark. 600,000. In fact, if you cheat and just, oh, you know, I didn't write the verse down. Hold on a second. Well, normally I would agree with that. I mean, I would I would love that, but I did have it marked. If if it was when I flipped the page, if it wasn't marked, I'd say, "Oh, I don't know where it is." Verse eleven at the end of verse eleven. Now people have to interpret this a little bit. It says that cannot discern between. There's a how many six score thousand persons. Here's the normal interpretation: six score thousand. A score is 20. Six times 20 is 120. That can't discern between right and wrong. So here's what, here's what most commentators will say. There were 120,000 children living in this town. So maybe 600,000 with everybody. 600,000, how many of them got saved? Enough to where God repented and said, I will not destroy that city. Does that mean everyone? I don't want to mislead you. I don't have to have everyone for God to not destroy because remember him and Abraham, you know, 20, 15, 10, whatever it get. But a citywide revival of 600,000 population fell on their faces before God after eight word sermon. Because they believed in 40 days they would be destroyed. So a person you witness to has got to believe. We were talking about that this afternoon, I think. They got to believe what the word of God says. Yeah. Yeah. They don't believe it. 
You want to go to heaven? I don't even know if there is a heaven. Are you a sinner? I don't think so. See, they don't believe in the Bible. So a great revival, right? Amen. Sort of the Lord front page stuff. Nineveh saved. 600,000 saved. Over the years, I've heard a lot of people knocking what I do. Oh, you're that guy that says, one, two, three, pray after me. You know what they're trying to say? I don't believe in this instant salvation stuff. There's maybe 600,000 in one swell. Peter preached and 3,000 saved. Instantly, Peter preached and 5,000 saved. I believe in instant salvation. I don't teach one, two, three, pray after me. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Illustration, illustration, test, quiz, illustration, final exam. Boom! Don't cut me short with one, two, three. It's one through 12, probably. But they just, they just don't like what we do. How many words do you think Joyce used with a Felix in 2004? 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Was that an instant salvation? Sure looked like it to me. So how far backslidden can you get? The 95%. I'm sorry, Dr. Lee Robertson, 95%. How far back? Here's how far back. A revival hits Nineveh, and let's just say 5,000, no, 595,000 people get saved because, you know, let's just say that. <clears throat> what was Jonah's response? Happy, happy, joy, joy? What? I knew it. This is going to kill me back home in Jerusalem. What are you doing? A soul winner, angry about souls being saved. That's how far back. That's where you could get a mindset. The 95% can have a mindset. Is I, I, just, I, I can't go there. And in my mind, I, he was angry. What verse in chapter four? Yeah, so I don't have to go back up there. Verse one. Verse one. What's it say? Read it aloud. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And exceedingly, very angry. Emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. Displeased him. Jeez. And he's the preacher. That just shows you how far back non-soul warners can get mentally in their mind, the 95 percenters. That's a scary place to get. God doesn't want 5% of us on fire for him telling people about Jesus. He wants 100%. That's the plan of God. Nothing new under the sun. I don't, what year was Jonah? I, I'm just going to say 1,500 years ago. No, no. I'm thinking five, six, seven hundred BC. So that's 20 something hundred years ago. Boy, this is just one smart aleck church, isn't it? Just bring in the evangelist. He doesn't know bupkis, and we'll correct him and we'll get it done. 
That's okay. I like that. Nothing new under the sun. We look at Jonah and laugh, and we fail to see ourselves in him. Woe is me. Woe is me. And I don't have time to go there because I'm 13 minutes past. You know the end of the story. He was more concerned over the gourd than a soul. Save the whales. Save the whales. What a passionate person. Souls dying and going to hell forever. Save the whales. So the 95% may not be running around saving the whales. But they're not really caring about souls dying and going to hell either. Might be a while before you invite me back. We need to be witnesses. We need to. There's, There's no way of slicing that up and making it look nice. There's not. We need to. And uh, there's a handful of bold witnesses in this church. A handful. 5%? Maybe close. Maybe close. Which group are you in? The 5 or the 95? I don't know. Because I don't follow you around. Which group does God want you to be in? The five. Well, wait a minute. If I join the five, it won't be five anymore. That's it. You're getting it now. Join the five and it's 10. It's 20%. The most evangelistic church I ever saw was probably 10. The pastor felt like, I've got 10% of my people going out. And he said it in a, whoo, happy, happy, happy. Well, does that mean 90% doesn't? Yeah, it does, but I won't focus on them. All right. Now I know I'm done because I don't have anything left, and I'm not going back there to find something. Let's pray. Head bowed, eyes closed. Thank you, Lord, for a congregation that would come to, to see Ernesto and Helsey, to listen to their needs, to be concerned about Cuba, to hear a sermon about Jonah. Father, just speak to our hearts, however you may. Speak to my heart. I need to be a better witness. I need to lift you up more. Please, Lord, help each one here tonight to be different leaving the church and when they came in because the word of God spoke to their hearts. Please, Lord, I pray in Christ's name, amen. Pastor, thank you very, very much for the opportunity.